Hey, I'm Terry Molinero, and I believe that we as the body of Christ are here for such a time as this. I love to say this, blessed to be a blessing, that we are called to be a light. And look, friends, if we don't do it, if we aren't the light, who's gonna be the light? The body of Christ has always been a house of action. And hey, who says we can't have some fun along the way? Terry, it's Ryan Seacrest. You're in broadcast. I'm trying to be in broadcast. We have something in common. Good luck to you. Seacrest out. This is the Church Axe Podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to the Church Axe Podcast. Uh, Today is going to be part two of our masterclass with Pastor Randy Matthews. It's only been two weeks since the last episode aired, and we've already heard multiple testimonies of how what we spoke about on that previous episode has really impacted lives in different ways. You've heard of people who went back and just kept like listening to that first part over and over and over again, like two, three, four times, saying that each time they did, they got something new out of it. So if you haven't checked out part one, uh, maybe pause this episode, go back, check that out, and then come back because we're going to be wrapping up, um, rather just picking up exactly where we left off. It's interesting, honestly, this is what I was thinking about when I was uh, reflecting on the last episode and what people were telling me. It's interesting how simple truths from God's word can be very profound. So today we're going to be talking about even more. You heard us touch on this thing called house church. Well, Pastor Randeep is going to be expounding on that in this episode. We're going to get really practical as we dive into where this idea came from. Spoiler alert, the Bible. We'll also be getting into meditation a lot more, the importance of it, how it's through meditation on the word of God that we develop our spiritual gifts and more. So this is part two of my masterclass with Pastor Randy Matthews. If we can go back in time a little bit to your story, so you were mentioning in 1994, like that was the big turning point for you. Yep. But then here we are in 2022, many, many, many years later. And what was your progression like between then and even now? This big goal that you have for the region and the cities that that, that surround you and and making all these disciples and this thing called house church, you know? Mm-hmm. No, my Just life growing. changed completely. I had to go to Bombay to Mumbai to to start my you know, acting career, which never happened. <laughs> I could not come out of Kino for seven years and I was doing, started doing house churches with, without knowing that this is house churches. Mm-hmm. There was nothing else. We were gathering in homes and praying and then we started, you know, having celebrations in, in, in the jungle and people <laughs> used to, yeah, that's what our church, where our church was in the jungle. In the jungle, eh? Everyone gathering, whether it was snowing, raining, whatever, we used to gather over there and we used to worship God and, and open. So, so, but we used to meet and break uh, bread in in homes and sell it, you know, and discipleship was happening. In so it just started naturally. Naturally. Just like, hey, you come over to my house. Let's talk. It was like people started inviting me to their house. Oh, yeah. Can you come to our house? We have a demon spirit over here. Can you come to, you know? And then used to go, uh, 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 God used to perform a miracle. And then they used to like gather their neighbors and you know, mm-hmm. a house just started. So that's how it started. From one house to another. It just spread like jungle fire. Yeah, it's even like the signs though are what draw people in. Do you feel like signs sometimes are for those who like are not believers? Like that's a big thing that draws people in and then it's like they feel the presence of God and then yeah. it's like a validation almost. Absolutely. And that's what he's teaching in the, the principle of house churches that is found in Luke 10. It says, uh, I'm picking it from verse 6, Luke chapter 10 verse 6. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will come back to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things 
as they give you, for labor is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. Heal the sick and then say to them that the kingdom of God has come near you. So the command that is given is heal the sick first. Before that, before healing the sick, the command is given, eat what is set before you. Even if it's spicy, yeah, food Even from the south. Even if it's spicy. <laughs> You know, what, how do you spell fellowship? You want me to spell it out? Yeah. F-E-L-L? No, it's F-O-O-D. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's no fellowship without food. Mm-hmm. Food is so important in every culture. You, you just celebrated Thanksgiving. What did yeah. you do? We sat around a table and we ate some delicious food. With? My family and my friends. Fellowship without food is nothing. And then you have a house church in your, in your house. What happens? Same. Well, same thing. Fellowship and food. Food yeah. is fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and fellowship is food. There's no fellowship without food. So that's why he says eating and drinking. Two times in the same passage it's mentioned. Just not one time. You know, it says, uh, remain in the same house eating and drinking such things as they give for the labor is worthy for his wages. Do not go from house to house. Then it says, you know, <laughs> in verse 8, whatever city you enter and they receive, eat such things as they set before you. Mm-hmm. In the same passage, twice it is meant, seven and eight verse, Two times he's been mentioning. So eating must be important. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I think it's important. Do you think Jesus Jesus was the biggest foodie? According <laughs> to me, he was. Yeah. He loved, he loved eating. He loved eating. Where you find Jesus eating in the Simon's house. Where you love find Jesus eating in someone's house. What was the, the charge that the, uh, the Pharisees were coming uh, against him? That he eats and drinks with the sinners. So if no one invited Jesus Christ, he invited himself. Zacchaeus, come down, I'll have supper in your house. Mm-hmm. So food is so important because food is just not eating. Food is fellowship. And when you have fellowship, you talk, you discuss, mm-hmm. you laugh, you, you know, do life together. Mm-hmm. And the people you eat with are the people you love to uh, you know you stay with mm-hmm. the people you don't eat with you uh, do you invite a person whom you don't like for for food no <laughs> no <laughs> no you don't yeah you hang out with people who you fellowship with those people who who whom you like and the like-minded people mm-hmm. when they sit and eat together they share each other's burdens and I think that kind of is, remember how earlier I was talking about the glue that mm. kind of is bringing pieces together? Because often what I would see, and I, I just, I know like there's, it's so true that the harvest really is plentiful yep. and there's situations going on all around me all the yep. time. Yep. You know, people that I meet for five minutes, you know, right away that they're going through something difficult. Right. And then the ones that I build relationship with and we're talking over time, there was a slight disconnect because I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen. I invite them out to... Maybe, maybe like a, a church or something like that or but then but then I feel like they're just kind of getting lost in the flow because yep. they don't understand context and they don't have that relationship with anyone yep. and so it's almost like okay get people maybe saved but then it's like after that it's just like they're on their own and then they eventually yep. fall away yep. and that's where I noticed there was a problem but what you're saying even with house church and stuff hey why don't you just come over? Because you know me. We built relationship. Absolutely. So let's continue to build more and, together. Yeah. Once you start eating with them, your relationship becomes more stronger and deeper. It's like getting to a place of intimacy. When we date, what we do? We invite our girlfriend or what to be wife. We take her out for mm-hmm. to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Everything revolves around the table. Relationships are built stronger around the table. That's that. 
that's the rule that's the thumb rule like you know mm-hmm. so whenever you're trying to you know have a stronger relationship with anyone you invite him over mm-hmm. you take him out for dinner you invite him and you know bringing them to your house is the ultimate like now we are like really strong you know that's that's how can i ask you a question mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. so there's someone that i do not know why mm-hmm. but they were they're kind of put on my heart but they're known as someone around the town who's they're the one who is sleeping with everyone mm. just in a lifestyle mm. like of sin but they're like they're in my mind mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then i also have that thing where i i hear my own wife mm. and it, and it's not that we don't want to witness to people it's yeah. not that we don't want to be there for people but at the same time like the house also needs to be a sanctuary that is safe as well yeah. like even just from other circumstances so what would yeah. you say in that circumstance like go out to eat or go out to eat go out to eat unless you are comfortable unless you hear from god God specifically really wants, yeah. specifically wants he's wanting you to because jesus hung out with sinners when they brought uh, this 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 woman caught in adultery what did jesus do she was living a lifestyle of living sleeping with the mm-hmm. the men mm-hmm. that's for her life because she was a prostitute but what happened when jesus saved her she, she completely changed so here you are and people are inviting you over to their house and you're noticing this thing of house church and for me once again there's no formula here it's just mm. this is just something that was happening and then it starts to grow. At what point did you start to grab a hold of it and your vision started expanding? Like at what point did it become I'm not just attending someone's house. This is something where I'm going to change the whole region around me. See, it's when I was doing house churches, I always was looking what God is doing, what he's he's saying. in the scriptures god always see the beauty about god is that god will not tell you anything that is not in the scriptures mm. he'll not go tell you like you know anything that that uh, he has not already said in in the word in his word so when i we started meeting in house churches and i wanted to learn god you know how what do i do how a house church now we are gathering we eating we are praying people are getting healed and initially it was like people are calling me for healing only and i just heal mm-hmm. them and then i share the word of god with them but then it all changed when god showed me this first corinthians 14:26 onwards the order in church meeting that's the title and it says how it is it then brethren whenever you come together each of you has a psalm that is him has a teaching that is word has a tongue unknown tongues has a revelation has a interpretation let all things be done for the edification that's like everything is mentioned over the how it should you how you are supposed to run the house mm-hmm. it's not a, a a a monologue it's a dialogue yeah where each one of you that yeah. everyone has a him everyone has a word everyone has a tongue or interpretation of the tongue revelation it says let all things be done for edification if anyone speaks in tongue let there be two or three at the most each in its own turn and let one interpret but if there is no interpreter let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and god so these are the instructions already over there that you know we should not just keep on speaking in tongues if there is no interpreter if there is no interpreter i can speak in tongues but to me so that i am not disturbing others who who are not able to understand what's happening or like when whenever we speak in tongues most of the people they use speaking in tongues as mantras oh that's the mantra 
you know i if i speak in tongues i'll be like you know people will think that i have got more power no that's not like that speaking in tongues is like you're edifying yourself and that's why i i i personally speak in tongues when there is no one around me mm-hmm. but if god is asking me to speak in public then there must be interpreter yeah that's so that god is wanting to speak to people so that he he's he's using tongues and the interpretation There was a testimony of a woman who was one of the ex-brides of um, of Satan, actually. Yeah. Mm. And uh, she she was saying, we would love going to churches that didn't follow that. And we would love speaking in tongues because they would encourage us, but they didn't know that we were speaking in demonic tongues and we were yeah. cursing the people around them and they would be encouraging us to do so. You know, and I'm not saying that to like obviously give glory to the enemy or whatever about that, certainly not. But it just goes to show the importance of of the order too and making sure that you know there is the discernment but i'm i'm so so sad about you're talking about rebecca brown how do you know <laughs> how See, do you know <laughs> i don't even feel like that's a very common name how do you know how do seriously how do you know that name i know what do you mean you know i know because i i know uh, i know the demonic world i know the principalities i can see and feel and i know rebecca brown where she came from and how how god saved her and there there are tons of like rebecca brown that i deal with and i help us is that an incorrect account that i gave because that no, was no, just no. from yeah, the yeah. yeah yeah that's a correct account i'm so mad at the church who do not know who could not discern even feel it in their spirit feel it in their spirit this is not right and that's why that's why meditation is so important that's why when you know to hear his voice and you can differentiate the voice of him and the enemy where you know it's is it my thought or it's the thought of the enemy or it's it is god speaking to me you never get confused so that's why meditating upon his word word is his voice where you get to know his voice my sheep knows my voice and in this situation in the present age we have so much technology but we still don't know how to hear his or recognize his identify his voice because people don't know how to meditate i i would love to do a camp over here for say about 3 or 4 days where people who want to know how to identify his voice i'll sign up <laughs> i'll bring you all the coke zero you want <laughs> i would really love to teach people how to hear his voice and how to identify his voice and how to meditate and how meditation is taking control of your breath well you're learning how to live by the spirit romans 8:1 there is no condemnation for all those who are in christ jesus because they do not walk according to their flesh but according to the spirit so you, when you take control of the spirit of god that is within you and you 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 are led by the spirit not by the flesh our, our now our, our, our we are led more by the flesh than mm-hmm. the spirit mm-hmm. but the, but the people who have been redeemed who are not being condemned are the people who live according to the spirit mm-hmm. who are led by the spirit not by their flesh so we need to reverse something when you you're being led by the spirit of god where your flesh is saying something and your spirit says no that's not right and you know that's why paul says that i you know i i discipline my body how does he discipline his body because he makes the body the desires of the body and make them captive and in obedience of jesus the word of on jesus christ mm-hmm. we need to learn that this is the way that i understand meditation and i could be wrong mm-hmm. but you correct me if i'm wrong so for example like you look at the famous proverb you know mm-hmm. trust in the lord with all your heart do not lean on you know and so for me meditation is i'm i'm stopping and i'm i'm like deeply like i'm i'm just like really thinking about it you know i'm thinking about the context in my life and mm-hmm. stuff like that and then it's just like it's it is bringing correction to me you know mm-hmm. 
Is that what you mean by meditation? Or is it more than that? Is that just kind of surface level? That's a surface level. Where you're spending time and you're shutting your brains completely. Where you're not thinking. Where you're not thinking. But then, when you're not thinking, because if you're thinking, then mm-hmm. it's your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But when... That's <laughs> true. When God starts speaking, then it's God's thoughts. When you start hearing God in the silence. Moses waited and meditated 40 days before God showed up on the mountain. Meditation is like, is there in the Bible from the beginning. That's why he says, meditate on my word. Meditate on my word. Why he's asking you to meditate on his his word? Because he created everything through word. Meditating on the word is meditating on Jesus because Jesus is the word. Mm -hmm. You know, John 1, 1, in the beginning, there was word. Word was with God. Word was God. Meditating on the word means you're meditating on Jesus. And when you're allowing the word to speak to him, Mm -hmm. not your will but his will where he's like it's it's taking control of your breath your spirit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's interesting because i feel like can't you see how it's been like very perverted Mm. because people would say that's that's eastern like that's new agey like you can't do that you know this is what i hear at least but Mm. but it it is important to be able to do that see every uh, counterfeit is made of the original because there's a counterfeit, you don't stop using the original. You have Canadian dollars in your wallet? <laughs> I have a debit card. I have a debit <laughs> card yeah. yeah. But I have, I have. But because people are making counterfeit, yeah. does the value of original dollar be demeaned? You don't stop using the original. People have stopped speaking in tongues because of because of the story of Rebecca Brown. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, I don't know whether it's me or evil spirit. If it, you don't even know that you're baptized with the Holy Spirit or yeah. the demon spirit, yeah. then how can you be following Jesus? <laughs> yeah, that's a question right there. Got some big problems there. <laughs> right? So because there's a counterfeit, because enemy uses unknown tongues as well, he gives the false unknown tongues, it does not mean that the original has stopped. Original is original and it's always going to be original. Why Rebecca Brown became a Christian? Because what she was following was not original. And then she found out what the original is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the truth. The truth. You know, they, most of the people think it's an Eastern, you know, religion or Eastern uh, thing when it comes to meditation. Yeah. Where is where is where is Jerusalem? East. Yeah. Yeah, it started from East. there. Okay. Yeah. See, meditation started from the east. Yes, because it is. It started from the Middle East. God wants us to meditate. He is the one who's saying, "Meditate on my word day and night." This is the context that I meant it in too. I meant that uh, when people hear meditation, they think of yoga. Yeah. That's what they think of. Yeah, but that's a uh, that's a perver- that's Sorry, a counterfeit. Counterfeit. You can call it a perversion. Yeah, that's, that's a counterfeit. <laughs> yeah, that's a counterfeit. That's a counterfeit. Because we stopped doing, we stopped meditating. The enemy just started using it. And how many people are following yoga? And this is generational. Generational. So then, the more goes on, the yeah. more it's like this is more of their thing than yeah. it is. Yeah. What yeah. is it's here? It's it's it started from the word of God. Mm-hmm. Meditate on my word. We need, we are not doing that. We are reading it. Reading is not meditating. You're not becoming one with the word. Mm-hmm. We need to become one with the word. I think that would challenge a lot of people's thoughts, to be yeah. honest. But yeah. that's good. That's what we need. Yeah. You know? You need that. Enemy is using it. Mm-hmm. When, when, when the enemy came into the Garden of Eden, why did he come? What, what do you think? What, why did he come into the Garden of Eden? To gain power. Yeah. You know? Why? Because he was powerless. And God has empowered Adam. Mm-hmm. Now Adam, when I say Adam, it's Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Because on the day of their creation, they were named Adam. 
God called them Adam. So it's first male and female both. Okay. Right. So 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 God God empowered Adam. First, second was he wanted to to start his own family. He's a spirit he cannot have have children. So so he wanted his own family. By disobedience, you know, uh that's why you know Cain was never considered to be in the family of God, in the genealogy of God. God separated him. And uh, and uh, he was uh, first John, he says that don't be like Cain who was from the evil one. So he was considered to be mm-hmm. the child of God because they disobeyed. Third, he wanted to prevent them from eating from the tree of life by just one thing, by disobedience. So he killed three birds with one stone. He stopped them from eating from the tree of life, which was there was a tree of life and there was no command that you should not eat from the tree of life. They could have eaten from the tree of life. He by being disobedient, they he stopped them from eating from the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Second, he wanted his own generation. He wanted his own own children. So through Cain he got that and uh, first was so that he takes the authority that Adam had and by just obeying Satan they gave they transferred their authority mm-hmm. to him so there there are counterfeits there are counterfeits from from the beginning there are counterfeits he he presents himself the, uh, as a prince of this world mm-hmm. but we know that he is not and it all just keeps coming back to when you're meditating on scripture when you're walking in line with the holy spirit in god then you're going to be able to discern too to Absolutely. be able to stay when the test comes. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you become one with the spirit of God. That's what he's calling us to. Mm-hmm. We need to become one with the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And that spirit of God is not outside somewhere. It's it's within you. Mm-hmm. The one who lives in you is greater than the one who's in the world. So the spirit that is within you, you don't have to go looking for him outside somewhere. He's within you. So you have to become one with the spirit, not with your body. Problem is what what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He said one who's born of the spirit is spirit one who's born of the flesh is flesh so are you born if you're born of the spirit then you will you'll become one with the spirit of god and that that's what people don't 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 want to do that's what people that's why they they misinterpret the scriptures because the author of the of bible is the holy spirit you see you and holy spirit and the spirit of god are in majority it's a body you know mm-hmm. that that the flesh will be attracted towards the things that are seen right it will always take you to the directions which this flesh wants comfort it wants pleasure and to find that it will take you to places but then the word of god wants us to be led by the spirit not by the flesh so when you're led by the spirit you are led by the spirit like your soul you're led by the spirit of god and you're being led by the spirit of god god will send another helper to help you mm. soul so you the spirit of god within you and holy spirit will keep your body under a check mm. so you you don't fulfill the desires of this body but you follow what the spirit of god is asking you to do mm. it only happens when you 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 your soul becomes one with the spirit of god that is within you you don't have to go searching from god for mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. Uh, you know in the mountains or in, yeah. in the valleys or with the, the sheep with the sheep <laughs> yeah Yeah. I really do want to talk about a little bit about house church, but before I do, mm-hmm. do you have any do you have any personal advice from like even your experience practical when it comes to developing discernment? Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Discernment comes from mm-hmm. the word of God. Now what is faith? Faith is being sure of things we hope for and being certain of things we do not see. Mm-hmm. So, surety comes from the word of God. Mhm. this surety that comes from the word of god so more you spend time with the word of god more you will be able to see how god sees mm-hmm. 
right so when you see how god sees you will be able to discern mm-hmm. you will just not hear what people are telling you mm-hmm. you will hear what they are not able to tell you yeah they will you will you will not hear what they are saying you will hear what they mean mm. and that's what discernment is whether they are like trying to manipulate or control or whatever not control and manipulation are the signs of witchcraft Right. So, so, so whenever they're trying to go offline from the word of God, if you're t- spending time with the word of God, the word of God will tell you, will start showing you things. So spend more time with the word of God, just not reading it, hearing it also. But it starts with reading. Mm-hmm. It starts with reading the scriptures. Read until it starts speaking to you. Read yeah. until it's saying, you know, maybe you're parked over one verse for next next. one week but read it over and over and over and over and again unless it starts so i am reading the scriptures you know i am in hebrews chapter 10 now i'll continue to read that read that read that unless the word starts speaking i'll not move forward from hebrews 10 unless he starts speaking to me that's how i i read and then i sit down once he starts speaking to me i know he'll 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 start speaking to me through a not a chapter mm-hmm. through a verse then i sit down and i start meditating on that word where i'm not thinking i'm not i'm not interpreting it mm-hmm. but where god will start telling me this is what it is write it down i will hear his voice and i'll start writing down i would love if you just have a few more minutes because i don't want to take all your time because yep. you've been on the randy tour <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, yeah. But you said something that was very interesting to me, and I actually believe that this is like one of the purposes, one of the main, well, who knows if it's mm. the main purpose, but according to what mm. I've been told about house churches, yep. and that's one thing that we've been going through for our church. We were talking about it before, fellowship and food yep. around the table, yep. and this is a way that we can reach people. Yeah. You have a pretty, a pretty big goal. Mm-hmm. And you come about it in a very practical way. Yep. And if you don't mind, I would love for you to like share that. I don't know if you can share that or if you're willing to share it, but it started when the move of Holy Spirit started from a house. They were all gathered in Acts chapter two. We find them. They're all gathered at one place in the upper room. Church was birth. That was the day of Pentecost for the birth birth of a church. That was the birthday of the church. So they were gathered in the home. They were praying. and it it started they met and broke bread in homes they had no synagogue they didn't go to synagogues or the temple they used to go over there to bring in people to their homes <laughs> you know yeah so so that it's not a, something new that we are talking about it's it's this first century church used to do it now my understanding of 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 the growth that you were asking about is that my, the the my understanding is you know when jesus you know was asked about his coming and he said when the when the son of man shall return two men will be working in the field one will be taken away one will be left two women grinding a meal one will be taken away one will be left and two people in the bed one will be taken away one will be left so out of two if one is taken that's 50% so my goal is for 50% wherever i am if i'm here in 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 berry my goal would be 50% of berry mm. why i'm saying what i'm saying is because god's if if two out of one is gone mm-hmm. when he comes is 50% mm-hmm. so i will prepare 50% I'll, my target is 50% and i'll go about how to then i'll plan okay in this region there are these many people i'll go and sit with the maps of of yeah. the city i'll plan it will be an intentional approach how will i win 50% of berry to the lord just not converting them to the you know but 
serious disciples yeah. and followers. Serious disciples yeah. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, someone was asking me, you call yourself Christian? I said, no, I don't call myself Christian. You may call me Christian. If you see anything Christian in me, you may call me Christian. Because the meaning of Christian is the yeah. the one who carries the anointing of Christ. And if you don't see that anointing on me, I, you, I, how can I say I'm a Christian? Mm. You would see that anointing on me because in Antioch, they were first called Christians because they saw the anointing of Christ on those people. They were doing the same things Jesus did. They were healing. They were delivering. They were they were they were they were sharing the word of God and everything that Jesus did and more because Jesus said you'll do greater things than I were done by by the apostles and the believers. So they were called Christians there. I cannot call myself Christian. Do you think I'm a Christian? I think that you're a Christian. Likewise, I think you are a Christian too. So I can call you Christian, you can call me Christian. But the, the, the fact is, he gave us right to be the children of God. Our identity is not that we are, we are Christians. Our identity is that we are the children of God. Yeah. And that's what is written in John chapter 1, verse 12, that whosoever believed in him, he gave them right to be the children of God. So my identity is I'm a child of God. I can call myself a son of God, as Jesus called. You can call yourself a son of God, as Jesus called himself the son of God. Because he became the firstborn among all brothers. So, so, so it's not about... about uh, you know what what we think we are mm-hmm. it is about what the anointing that we carry yeah. so so we want disciples who have the same dna of jesus christ i i want to see you know uh, things that apostles saw yeah. happening if they could do it we can do it too yeah. but Amen. but what what they uh, found out you know, when they saw that these, these these are unschooled, illiterate people, they only found one thing that they were with Jesus Christ when they healed you know healed the lame man. Mm-hmm. They they were confused, like who are these? Like, how is this happening? You know how mm-hmm. what? So they only found out one thing that they were with Jesus Christ, and the only thing that will make a difference in our lives and the lives of others is when we spend time with Jesus. There's no shortcut to it. There's no no shortcut to it. We will have to spend time with Jesus. And and that's how we'll I'll go, I'll make a plan. Okay, the population. What's the population of Barry? Do you know? I don't even know. Let's say four, let's just say four hundred thousand. Say four hundred thousand. It's probably more, but that's an easier round yeah. number. So four hundred thousand. How many people will it take, you know, to to start discipling? Let's start with twelve. Mm-hmm. Let them disciple. Let twelve disciple ten. Let's ten disciple ten. Mm-hmm. And let's ten disciple five. And that's five disciple ten. Mm-hmm. We'll reach our goal mm-hmm. of four and a half thousand. But it's it's gonna take time. It's gonna take serious discipleship. Yeah. Because we're talking about multiplication here. Absolutely. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about that and why it was so meaningful to me is years ago when I was younger, I was in a Bible study and I look at their wall and they had a map of this city, mm-hmm. the city of Barry, mm-hmm. and it was divided into districts. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and instantly it just clicked with me. Mm-hmm. And I said why are we doing anything about this? Yeah. Because I see how other forces are organized Yep. and not to not imitating that. That's not what I'm trying to say, yeah. but I'm like, why, why are we not going about things more of an intentional way? Yep. Let's, let's say that, you know, we find out this region, name it X region. Yeah. X region. How many, how many, you know, blocks are there in the X region? You want me to just throw a random number out there? Yeah. Let's yeah. just easy math. Let's say yeah. 10 blocks, 10 blocks. And then 10 blocks, We'll start with prayer walking the 10 blocks and binding the strong man. 
pulling down the strongholds, destroying the spiritual uh, darkness areas being, by being a light over there. Prayer. You, when you pray, you bring a light of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. over there. When you declare a word of God, you bring a light of Jesus Christ in that area. So binding the spiritual dark forces over here. And when we're doing that, by doing that, the man of peace will appear in all these blocks. Once the man of peace is, uh, appears, then this man of peace knows his the people, neighborhood uh, uh, better than you and I. He will gather people. So when from there you choose the leaders, and once you choose the leaders, then you give, start appointing them. Okay, you got to get ten more disciples, ten or five, whatever number mm-hmm. you know is there, and then make a structured plan, and then follow follow up is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, and walking with them, taking you know, okay, they ask you, what do I do now? So training and equipping, and that is very important. Coaching mm-hmm. and discipling. And when you were talking about like binding like uh, the strongmen in the area, that's like preventing anything from the demonic to be like operated, like from operating in the area. Absolutely. All the witches, like you were talking about, they'll be revealed. Yep. Yeah. They'll be revealed. They'll get mad and they'll start running, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of prayer support, a lot of praying in tongues, a lot of praying in wisdom, a lot of discernment, a lot of. of of revelations that God is going to reveal how to bind what's happening in that area the more that I hear about this I think about it is like craziness to think that we should be propping up one person over everyone else as like the person who is and I'm not talking about authority right now I'm mm-hmm. just saying like you look to them like oh they are the only person who can because we need everyone's gifts yeah Working in order to yeah. like move things yeah. and make things but God happen. God chooses one person and through one person he chooses other people. Mm-hmm. That one person may not be a leader. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he will bring in people. He's a gatherer and you'll find a leader in that group. Mm-hmm. Just not a leader. Then you have a team of leaders. You are building a team. How do you, when you choose choose players, like mm-hmm. you play softball or what? Uh, what yeah, what like I guess, I don't know if you'd call it football or soccer. Okay, you play soccer. You call it soccer in yeah. India? Yeah. yeah, football. We call it football there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you choose a team. Once you choose a team, what do you do with them? You practice. Yeah. You practice till the final matches. Mm-hmm. So in the final match, you play well because you have practiced with the same team. And you know the strengths of each player and the weaknesses of each player. So mm-hmm. you won't put a weak player uh, in, 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 in yeah. this yeah, yeah. You know, weak area. You yeah, put yeah. him on where he's strong. And that's how you just go about it. I think that it would bring some people encouragement to hear you. You don't have to mention things that mm. you can't mention just yeah. for privacy's sake, yeah. you know, to talk about the goal that you had. Because I think sometimes it's very easy for us to, to dream small. My goal was 6 million mm-hmm. and we had 12 districts. So I, I chose 12 people and asked them to choose 10 people and asked them to choose 10 people and asked them to, you know, disciples, not people, disciples, and then five people. What happens after 3 million? Then it's one on one. Every second person walking on the road would be a believer of Christ, <laughs> and he will. His job is to win the other person who's not believing in Jesus. See this, 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 this formula. We because people want to just spend formula. They may call it, but mm-hmm. I call it the structure. Mm-hmm. This structure comes from Second Timothy two two. Where Paul is instructing Timothy, he says, whatever you have heard me preach in front of many witnesses, pass it on to faithful men who are able to teach others. So it's a, it's a, Paul was discipled from, uh, you know, Simon, uh, the Tanner discipled Paul. 
from Paul to Timothy, from Timothy to faithful men, from faithful men to others. Mm -hmm. So we see at least four to five generations covered over here. So when you start discipling someone, you're just not discipling a man, you're discipling a group of mm. disciples. It's like down lines. You know? Paul is instructing Timothy. Timothy is to the faithful men and faithful men are instructing the other guys who are able to teach others. So it's always a chain. You go down at least five generations when you start discipling. So you choose a disciple who's <laughs> able to teach others. Mm-hmm. You don't choose a disciple who's not going to teach anyone else. So you, you're killing them. So Barry is only, you know, hundred and not even hundred thousand, seventy-five thousand, seventy-five thousand people that the target account of fifty percent is. I just want to ask you a couple more questions. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then I'll let you sleep. All right. <laughs> okay. Do you see anything in? Um, and I, I we spoke about this more when we were at other groups, but just for the people yeah. listening, um, do you see anything? in Western cultures that you would caution the church against? Prayerlessness. Prayerlessness. You are event-oriented. You move from one event to another. You know, you, you get excited about events. We need to get excited about everyday prayer. We need to build, you know, our, our church around prayer where we have people praying, where people are coming and, you know, if you have a free time, okay, I'll come at my maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it's followed by someone else who's committing his 20 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever he has, according to They're coming in the house of God and there is prayer happening in the house of God. It will attract people. It will attract, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it will bind the negativity. It will release the positivity that, is, that comes from the Holy, Holy Ghost. So prayerlessness is one thing. Other thing is don't look for formulas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There are no formulas. It's simple obedience. That's why Jesus, when he's giving his great commission, said, teach them to obey. Because obedience is taught. It's not in us. By nature, we are disobedient. That's what we found in Genesis chapter chapter mm-hmm. 3. Mm-hmm. You know, by nature, God gave them a command and they disobeyed. So mm-hmm. by nature, we are disobedient. So Jesus, that's why Jesus said, teach them to obey. Mm-hmm. You can only teach obedience by being obedient. You can model it. So Jesus stayed obedient. He was tempted in every way, but yet chose to be without sin because he wanted to stay obedient to his father. He could return uh, stones into bread but he knew like why would I obey this guy he's using the same tactics to them he said is it written that you should not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and mm-hmm. is it right that God has said that don't eat from the tree of the knowledge you know from all the trees mm-hmm. of the garden mm-hmm. no 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 it's written like this so he, he's bringing the same trap to Jesus and Jesus did not obey him Yeah, not even single time because if he would have obeyed him he would have done the same mistake he would have given his authority to him. So never be 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 obedient to, to mm-hmm. the enemy. Never yeah. do what he's asking you to do. Just so people are clear too, um, I forgot to mention this, but in the conversation of house church and the importance of that, nowhere were you saying that meeting at a church together mm-hmm. is wrong. So you're not saying that at all, obviously. No, no, no. I just want to clarify that, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. because there is an all importance. All the house churches, all the house churches should come to a church, a sanctuary, every Sunday to worship. That's a must. Important to be the the same one. Yep. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you've then you, there's unity. There's unity, and then you know that you know what what everyone is being fed. You know they're not into wrong doctrines. They're not into wrong practices. They're not into wrong teachings and cults. Well, I was also thinking when you were talking about the chain the generations mm-hmm. there, how important it is that the people at the top are hearing and in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. 
so that no darkness would transfer down Absolutely. and affect. And next thing you know, you're working for the enemy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Accidentally. That's why there is always plural, plurality of leadership. It's not a singular person who leads the movement. There are there, there. It's, it's it's like you know there there are multiple leaders. Mm-hmm. So if I'm 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 you know being led by, by maybe you know we all are led by flesh sometimes. Yeah. So if I'm I'm speaking something carnal or fleshly or evil, then you are there to check me. No, that's not right. You need to go and repent and get right with God. You know. So so that's that's why accountability is so important. Yeah. So that's why New Testament Church never had one leader. It was plurality of leadership. So that's very important. That's why Jesus is not sending them in Luke ten. Also, when we study the the the, the principle of house churches or, or or the you know how to plant you know this this whole study on house churches, Jesus is sending them two by two. He never sends someone alone. Mm-hmm. It's to be accountable. I'm accountable to 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 you. You are accountable to me. If you something, if you see something wrong in me, you are there to you know help me, encourage me, come get out of that, and likewise, vice versa. Mm-hmm. So a lot of polite people though that would never want to offend, but I, I think they're looking at it wrong. But see, like this, if you're chosen by God, if you're hearing His voice, it's not about offending; it's about saving. Yeah. If you're not, if you if you don't speak now, if he falls down, you're no one to blame him. That why did he fall down? You know, most of the pastors who fell down in sin is because their team did not say anything to them when they saw. They saw it before it happened, mm-hmm. and they they remained polite and silent. They should have voiced it out, pastor, and they should have gone not to accuse him, but in love to With restore respect. him. Yeah, With yeah. respect, yeah. you know, let's let's pray. This is right. This is not right. We need to get out of it. Like honestly, thank you so much for your time. There's a there's one question in closing that yep. I like to ask people. I, I don't even know if it's wrong place to uh, mm. to ask it because we've had a really good conversation today. But um, if you could go, this is just practical mm. advice. If you could go back in time and give mm. uh, your 25-year-old self some advice, mm-hmm. what would you tell yourself? Randeep, you'll get hurt. So stop being Jesus to everyone. I can't save everyone. I can only save the people God has given me. Second, I'll, I'll tell him, you can only grow to the threshold of your pain. Every leader who has become a leader has gone through pain. Even Jesus, he was hanging alone on the cross. So ultimately you'll be alone. When you're at top, being at top is the most loneliest place to be. So surround yourself with people of faith, like-minded people. I'll tell myself, live by 70% and save 30%. Don't give everything out. Save 30%. Live only by 70%. And use that 30% to invest somewhere because God is going to come and take account of every money that he's given in your hand. And if you're not investing, and that's what he's talking about when he gives the parable of, 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 of uh, tenants. To the last person, he said, if you knew that I am a hard task master, why don't you go and give it to the money lenders? And uh, you would earn interest. In mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we say, I'm a one talent man, that's, that's it. I, I'll, I'm not going to do anything else. No, no, that, the idea was not to be one talent man. The idea was to, at least if you're one talent man, to become two talent man. That was the idea. Because he gave them opportunity to grow. The five talent man, he gave them opportunity. He gave him opportunity to grow and become a 10 talent man. To three talent man, he gave them opportunity to grow and become a uh, six talent man. And to one talent man, he gave him opportunity to grow and become a two talent man. So he's given, he keeps on, you know, expanding us. But uh, you know you can only grow to the threshold of your pain, so that's why you need to you need to invest wisely and and live by only seventy percent of your income. Save thirty percent and invest it. 
mm-hmm. because money lying at one place will never you know grow mm-hmm. so invest it wisely seeking the face of god mm-hmm. invest in a place where your money will grow mm-hmm. so that's what i'm going to tell and then about relationship advice relationship be transparent to your wife your wife is your strongest support and defense be transparent vice versa like your spouse as if you are a woman you are a woman in a ministry then you need to you need to be so strong uh and so transparent for for in, in relationship you should be not transparent as glass but i say as air you know so that you can even hear something that is not said yeah you speak through eyes so be transparent and trust and if someone falls be ready to forgive because we are all humans we can fall we are not there to judge or condemn we are here to restore and build that's what jesus would do and that was he does he came to seek and save the lost and that should that should be our attitude and the word of god says uh, a righteous may fall seven times he's not talking about people who are outside the church is talking about husband and wife you know, who you can fall i can fall but no one can break us we are into covenant with god divorce is not an option i'll say you know yeah. divorce is not an option and love each other if you love each other love covers the multitude of sin when you were talking about house church i was like my goodness and all these different things it just resonated deeply with me like i mentioned earlier that it mm. was just kind of like some stuff that was missing and um i go home and uh i think it was the next day and then all of a sudden oh there's the latest uh episode of the tv show i was watching mm-hmm. and then i watch tv and then i'm thinking about everything around me all the responsibilities mm-hmm. all the cares which is a big hint right there what's going on and i thought to myself i just felt myself like this is the truth i know this but it's so easy even someone who knows what's going on with the truth is to just be pulled mm. and then i thought of course about the parable you know what mm. i'm saying because of the cares of this world mm. it like chokes it out how would you how would you say like to to fight against that is that making sure you're getting in there this is number one. this is priority when jesus is talking about seek ye first the kingdom of god what does first mean it means first above all else that's the first thing everything falls off then that nothing else seems very important hmm. when you're seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness then it says everything shall follow hmm. will be added unto thee hmm. so my 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 desire is that you know when i get worried i'm thinking okay my worry is coming because i'm not seeking him first mm-hmm. i'm not seeking his righteousness and his kingdom first that's why these worries are so my priority is always going to be god and his kingdom and the righteousness of him that will that not my own righteousness but his righteousness that he's already given me so i am righteous because of what jesus did i'll remind myself that i remind myself that over and over again and now i have to work for his kingdom mm-hmm. i have to seek his kingdom so i will will talk about kingdom well so when i am doing that everything falls away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everything every care every 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 problem it vanishes it vanishes it does not take place mm-hmm. absolutely I want to say thank you so much for giving your time. I know you're a very busy man. Appreciate that. For for all the people too, um you mentioned do you mind do you mind just closing off in prayer, praying yep. for encouragement? Yes. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. To all those who are listening and to us who are sitting over here, both of us. You are just not a god, you are a father. Father, we bring all our weaknesses to you today. 
and we pray let your strength manifest in all our weaknesses your strength is made perfect in our weaknesses so father we pray strengthen us in all the areas where we where we weak oh god whether it's financial whether it's physical whether it's spiritual let your strength manifest in all our weaknesses in all our weaknesses father god i pray that you give us ears to listen heart to receive and courage to do what you are asking us to do help us to stay obedient so that we may teach others to be obedient help us to fulfill the great commission help us so that we can be what you have called us to be and what you want us to be make us like a city that is built on the on the mountain on the hill which cannot be hidden so that we may be able to save many 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 people we pray for berry let your grace overtake this place and save all the people who live over here and help us to be a part of great mission that you have started in berry that your healing flow that your wisdom flow i ask this prayer in the matchless and the most magnificent and resurrected name of jesus christ my lord amen